You said 100 kilos. It's a lot of cocaine. 100 kilos is nothing. Uh, the kilo is uh, 30,000, for example, euros or pounds. It would be like uh, three, 3 million pounds. There's people that does bigger. Why? Because they work with the right people to get it out. And who they work with? With the cops. I got arrested for the narco torpedo uh, smuggling business, which it is. I, uh, I attach a torpedo under a container boat full of coke and it crossed the Atlantic till France and then I extract it from France and I take it out but I know all the big guys from Colombia uh, Panama the old friend of mine we used to know each other when I was in prison in, in uh, the West Indies back in the days and they know me very well how much did the police find half a million and you said the police found your DNA on a hundred kilos there is a lot of my followers they uh, DM me and they tell me Danny you're a star but I always answer that I'm not a star I'm a legend <laughs> What's going on guys, this video is sponsored by Louis. Some of you know him on Insta as Loads, one of the best Instagram names, let me tell you that. Guys, Louis has been building online businesses for the last five to 10 years and he has spent the last five years coaching others one-to-one -one on how to start businesses. Louis has got over 2,000 profitable testimonials and guys, let me be honest with you, I wouldn't let someone sponsor the show who I didn't vouch for, so trust me, it's legit. Literally, just go send him a DM on Instagram, it's at Loads, all you gotta do is say to him, I come from the Blue Tick Show, help me make some money. And I know most of these people out there scams and there's plenty of people out there offering you millions and millions of pounds and stuff like that. Louis is one of the 1% who actually do it properly, legitly. You don't need nothing. All you literally need is a phone and Wi-Fi. Send him a message and leave the rest to him. Guys, and if you want to know why I'm sitting here pushing it so much, it's because realistically, doing a nine to five ain't going to get you nowhere. And I know most people sit here and say this because they're getting some sort of commission for it and stuff like that, but I really ain't. I'm telling you as a good person, the host of the show, doing a nine to five ain't going to get you nowhere. So go message Louis, say you come from the boutique show, just ask Louis for the business model, let him do the explaining and let him explain to you how he can help you. I'll see you soon. What's going on guys and welcome back to the Blue Tick Show. Opposite me today, I've got Danny Hell's Kitchen. Cocaine smuggler, smuggled cocaine underwater. Welcome to the show. Thank you very much to invite me on your show. I'm very honored, uh, Mikey. And I was lo uh, 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 looking for it. So now I'm here and uh, we can share a nice conversation. You flew all the way from, where did you come from today? I flew all the way from France, Paris. Where was you in prison? Uh, I was in prison um, a couple of months ago. I just got freed. Not oh, too really? Long ago. Yeah, and I just got freed not too long ago for cocaine smuggling. But I was smuggling cocaine from uh, underwater. So I'm going to explain you in some... Uh, well, firstly, Danny, talk to me about you. Your upbringing, how, how, like, where you're from. Um, uh, brother, I'm from a North African background. I'm Algerian. So shout out to the, all the Algerian community the North African community, Tunisian, Moroccan, big shout out. So I was raised in uh, Paris. Oh, nice. Okay, I was raised in, um, in a neighborhood only with Moroccans, right? And all those Moroccans, they were hashish trafficant, bringing hashish from Morocco, because you know, Morocco is the yeah. number one uh, producer of hashish in the world. So I grew up in this environment, yep. right? And then I did my life, I studied, 
You know, I studied, I had my diplomas, I had my A-level, I went to universities, but at the same time, you know, I was hustling and making some money, you know. Doing what? Uh, selling the hash, <laughs> <laughs> you know, Fair selling enough. hash in the streets. So this is what I was doing at the fir at first. And then, uh, and then uh, after a while, you know, I, I went, I got involved into cocaine trafficking. How did you go from hash to cocaine? Um, it's very simple. Uh, it's um, because I've been traveling a lot. So people contacted me and told me, Danny, uh, you know, because I used to hang out a lot in the Caribbean, the French Caribbean, because us as French, we have the uh, French Caribbean, Martinique, Guadeloupe. And I was hanging there and I had a lot of friends around there, you know, and they tell me, okay, Danny, I have like 100 kilos of cocaine. I'd like to bring them to Europe. How can I do? And Bloody I said, maybe there is a solution. <laughs> and from there, I start to think about it because I'm a diver, you know, I'm a professional diver. And I say, maybe there is a solution. And from there, I start to think about the narco torpedo, how to, to uh, attach loads of cocaine under a container boat. And it started like this. How many keep... It's a long story, bro. We're here. Don't worry. You're going to tell me the whole story. I want to yeah, hear it. I'm here to say it. So I came from far to tell yeah, you my 100%. story. 100%. <laughs> you did. You caught an aeroplane just to come and tell the story for yeah, the it's viewers. True. I just arrived. I just arrived. And you said 100 kilos. It's a lot of cocaine. But, um, honestly, without being pretentious, 100 kilos is nothing. Really? You know, because people, they bring it, they brings it by tons. What is the street value of 100 kilos? Um, uh, if we say uh, the kilo is uh, 30,000, for example, euros or pound, it would be like uh, three, 3 million pounds. Wow. Something, something wow. between 2 and 3 million pounds. But honestly, brother, without being pretentious, it's nothing. Because these guys, they bring tons. Uh, 1,000 kilo, 2,000 kilos, which is... a which is big, but yeah. not that big, to be honest, you know. What is bigger? There is people that does bigger. Why? Because they work with the with right the people to get it out. And who they work with? With the cops. Yeah, no, 100%. 100%. You know, there's a lot of, uh, you know, a lot of people, a lot of corruption in this game. But when there's <laughs> a lot of money, there is corruption. Did you experience any corruption with the police? Um, I don't know if I have to say that. Yes, I did. I'm not going to say, I'm not going to give the whole details. Yes, I did, because when I was younger, people used to send me, you know, because I didn't have money. When I was younger, I didn't have money. And some guys from my neighborhood, you know, they tell me, okay, Danny, let's make, uh, I'm going to make you uh, uh, make some money. Okay, I say, okay, go to the Caribbean. You're going to have, a, we're going to give you a bag and you're going to bring it back here to Europe. Okay. Yeah. So they were working with the cops and they give you a bag, you know, yep. a backpack, a cabin bag, you know, you go through the, all the customs, but everyone is paid. Okay. And you just arrive here and sometimes the cops wait for you in the airport. Sometimes they don't, but you pass through, you go through because everybody's paid. Yeah. Right. Yeah, of course. So it happens. It that, happens. That's the life. When you get that big. So when you arrived in uh, France, for example, and, and then you pass the loads and they give you 70, 70, 70 60 or 70,000 euro, you're quite happy just for a little, uh, <laughs> one little trip. work, little one week you work, brother. Yeah, no, 100%. I, listen, I understand it, but you've got a great story. Yes. Your story as well. You, you've told your story before, 
But I always say with every different host, we get a different, the story comes out differently. I agree with you. It's very simple, Mikey, you know, when I, uh, I got arrested for the narco torpedo uh, smuggling business, which it is, I, uh, I attach a torpedo under a container boat full of coke and it crossed the uh, Atlantic till France and then I extract it from France and I take it out and it started like this. So, so I got arrested for this uh, thing because uh, it was too much, you know, and the cops were on our back for a long time. So uh, they arrest me, they send me to jail. They have a lot of things against me, you know, and uh, I'm sitting in jail for two, three, four months and the cops uh, arrest me again. They call, uh, yeah, I'm in jail and they come to my cell and they arrest me again. For they, what? I'm going to explain <laughs> you. No, crazy shit, man. I'm going to explain you. So they arrest me. I arrive in the in their office called the um, the central office is for the uh, DAA, you know. Wow. And they told me, Danny, you are our star here. I say, what do you mean I'm your star? Yes, they say yes. We arrest. We uh, stopped a boat in the middle of the Atlantic, you know. And on this boat, it was hundred uh, hundred kilos of cocaine, and your DNA was on this cocaine in 2013. And I said, shit, man, I mean, a really big shit, but I knew what was the story. So I tell them, uh, and, they, and they said to me, okay, and you're going to work with us and we're going to make you rich. Okay. And I say, yeah, what is the deal? And they say, okay, for example, if you work with us, we're going to make sure that we're going to give you five years. And after 18 months, you get out. And if you like, if you have some friends that they work in the, the drug uh, business, we're going to protect them. You tell us, you tell us which friends you're going to protect us. And all the people that you sell the drug uh, for, you give them, uh, you give us the name. And I say, no, it's not possible, guys. You know what? It's not possible. Why? Because first of all, I don't trust you. Second, I have too much honor, you yeah. know. And I'm a man of honor, and I rather take the time that you're gonna give me, and then uh, I will go. I will go out, proud and chin up. So it never happened, of course, you know, because. It's but the DEA offered you the deal. Yeah, they offered wow. me the deal. The DEA, of course, they offered the deals when they can, but they yeah. could, they, can, they could not with me because I'm very proud guy. I'm very well known. I'm very respected also. So I will never put my life in jeopardy. I will never put the, my family life in jeopardy, yeah. first of all, because it's a very dangerous thing to snitch on other people. And I will never do that, first of all, because drug business, it's a business like everything. There is a demand, you know, and people, uh, you know, give uh, um, answer to that demand. How long did you do? Uh, I've been in, I've been in the drug business since I'm young. For this, for that case, in yeah, for that case, it started in the 2013, and I got arrested in 2015, right, and got out uh, free in 2021, but in July 2021. So yes, uh, yes, uh, no, 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 I could not to talk. It's impossible to talk. Why? Because first of all, I'm very proud. Yeah. Second. Uh, I will never take that risk. It's so dangerous and we cannot trust the cops. Definitely. And especially if a lot of people know you as well, straight away they're going to find out you snitched. Yeah, of course, man. They will find out. But uh, sometimes, you know, people snitch. But uh, no, no, I will never do that. 
I'm too proud, man, and I'm not that I, at the level where I can snitch because in the cocaine business, brother, as I say, they all snitches. Really? All of them, most of it, except few who has this honor because it's too much money involved, Mikey. Yeah, it's big, you know? big money. No, big, be believe big. me, bro, too much money involved that even the big boss, you know, they talk, they talk, they, they talk, you know, and they give informations, you know, so you have to be very, you have to, you need to have this relation with money that money doesn't, doesn't hold you. Yeah, well, definitely, you know? definitely. And me, it's not only that I'm not the big guy, you know, but I know all the big guys from Colombia, from uh, uh, Panama, the old friend of mine. We used to know each other when I was in prison in, in uh, the West Indies back in the days, which I had helped them very much. And they know me very well by talking with people, you know. I will never do that. This is impossible, you know. I'd rather take my time, do some sport, eat well, do my uh, Danny Hell's Kitchen uh, <laughs> cooking, uh, you know, sure. videos, exactly videos, showing my life online, then to go and talk. And if I go out, uh, no, I, I, I'm not ready for this type of trouble, bro. How, how many times have you gone prison? Uh, I've been one, two, three, four times so far. When I was young, I've been to prison. Then I've been to prison uh, once in England. I've been to a prison in London for fraud uh, and it was a shitty experience i have to say i've been in prison also to fr two times in fr three times in france one times in london and one time in the caribbean west indies which one was the worst prison um i think it's england really yeah england because when uh, when i got uh, i got arrested for fraud back in 2000 um, 2007 i got arrested for fraud so they take me to that prison you know, because the judge asked me where I was living and I didn't, I didn't give my address. So he sent me for a few weeks in prison and I arrived in the, the um, they sent me to the sea wing of that prison yeah, yeah. in London and it was the drug addict wing. So they put me on uh, in, a, in a cell with a guy, a drug addict. But this guy, nighttime, he used to have epileptic fits. Okay, so he was shaking at night time, and, say, and I didn't even, believe, I didn't even, uh, I didn't even understand. And he was swallowing his tongue and becoming blue. So one night, he got epileptic fit, like a drug addict, you know, <laughs> with tattoos on his fingers, you know, like they call it, they call them uh, white trash. Sorry, nothing, uh, nothing, uh, no racism or something. But he was a white trash English guy with tattoos on his fingers. <laughs> <laughs> and and he had a uh, epileptic fit night time <laughs> and i banged the door bam, bam 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 i call the screws bam and they come the screws and they see him having a fit but instead of relaxing him bring him down from the top bench they didn't understand so they put him on bam they put him down they beat him up blood everywhere you know i was like scared like this you know and but why they did they him beat up. him up before i don't he didn't even understand i said but he has a pillow why are you beating him up he said we don't understand they beat him bam 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 bam, bam. then they they take him to the to the medical you know and i never saw him since that day a few days later they bring me a jewish guy from israel okay <laughs> This Jewish, no, but real story, brother. This Jewish guy, he's 62 years old, very smart gentleman. 
Okay, he did big studies, universities, he did Sciences Po, political science, he's Bordeaux, in Bordeaux in France. And we had some chats, very interesting guys. And say, why you are here? Uh, his name is Moshe or Shlomo, I forgot, from Israel. <laughs> and he tell me, okay, I'm here because in Israel I have a company, we do, uh, we produce weed, cannabis weed, but medical weed, yeah. okay. So I asked my English bank, to give me a loan to expand my business and he didn't want to give me the loan so i got mad i take the plane london i go to my house i take my two rottweiler i go to my banker and i throw <laughs> my rottweiler on him <laughs> no, crazy shit. I said, I said, you are crazy. I said, yes. and then my rottweiler was shooing the banker <laughs> was coming to the, our cell almost every night to do the prayer, you know, the Jewish prayer with him and to bring kosher food. So we used to have like, I was so happy. It's nice to be with a Jewish guy because uh, the rabbi brings some nice food, you know, from outside. So that was the story when I was in London, uh, in prison London. in London. <laughs> <laughs> and okay, listen, one main story. Let's talk about the, the system in place for the torpedo. How did you think of the idea? What was it like uh, when you done it? It's very simple, brother. You know, it's very simple. You know, I was hanging already. I was hanging in the Caribbean. And I was on a beach like this, you know. And on that beach, I met that beautiful girl. Beautiful with green eyes. Like really beautiful girl with green eyes. And I chat her up and she tells me, okay, I say, where are you from? She tells me I'm uh, from uh, uh, Bolivia. And I say, where about in Bolivia? From Cochabamba. You know, Cochabamba is that place where they do all this cocaine shit, you know, yeah, yeah. and uh, you see it in the movie Scarface, yeah, yeah. you know, where uh, Mr. Sosa come from. And I say, Cochabamba, blah, blah, blah. And I say, what, is the, what, your, dad, uh, what uh, your dad is doing? She, he, she tells me, my dad, is, he has a farm in Cochabamba and he makes cheese. <laughs> and my mother, she's a Bolivian. And I, and I say, cheese, <laughs> you know, I couldn't even, I say, I come to see you. After a month, I go there. And then it started there. People start to contact me. I say, I'm Kochabamba, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, but how can we bring it back? How can we bring it to Europe? And I start to check on internet, you know, all those videos about the narco torpedo. And I say, I'm going to do narco torpedo. So the narco torpedo has been done before? It's been done before because it's a technique that has been used from the, from the, South, uh, from the South American people and Mexican people to ship it to the west coast of America. Okay. Okay. So me, I wanted to use it to ship it from the uh, French Caribbean to uh, France and cross the Atlantic. Okay. So I've been thinking, I've seen what it is. I built a, tar a torpedo myself, uh, 100, 160, 180 centimeters long, uh, 50, uh, 50 centimeters of diameter. You know, and I try to do it. So I build it. I put the coke inside. I I dived. I tried it. I attached it, and I start like this. And it worked. It no. The first time I've done it, I lost forty kilos, because wow. it was the first time I didn't yeah. even know how to attach it very well. And then I had a meeting with those guys from Colombia who, who are my friends. They are like brothers. 
okay because i helped them very well very well when i was back in the days in prison in uh, in the caribbean yeah so you know so so i had a, i had a meeting with them he got lost blah 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 anyway and then i say narco torpedo is not easy because the torpedo itself is made out of metal and it's very heavy only the torpedo itself is almost 100 kilos then you put 50 kilos is 150 kilos so you have all your gear your diving so cool. gear your bottles the torpedo even though with i'm with a friend to help me it's, it's not gonna make it so then i thought about another solution i thought about the fishnet so i said i'm, go I'm gonna build a fishnet and then I'm, we're gonna put the cocaine in a plastic bag air seal it you yeah. know and we're gonna we're gonna spray it with that um, a product called super ever dry you spray it and there is no water that comes inside it's very expensive product it's called it's uh 300 pound 100 milliliter wow well we spray it like this water don't come in seal it put it in the bag and i built special cables to attach them on the lateral engines of the of the container boat okay and then i i dry i dive with my friend with all the cables on me with the bag of uh, cocaine attach it under the container ball and it crossed the atlantics and me i take my flight ticket and i go back to uh, france i set up an operation to the port of arrival you know to extract that uh, that bag full of coke but how did you set up the operation uh it's very simple actually okay very simple you know when uh, there is a softwares yeah it's called uh, vessel tracking yeah, you yeah. know when the vessel will come uh, will come to the port you have some friends you tell them okay you're gonna you're gonna drive around the port to see if the cops don't watch okay and on a strategic point and me you just drop me just in front of the port you know the port is uh, is on the opposite side i watch it arriving when it comes it parks the engine stops i dive and you and only night time i do it only night time and i dive i go inside and i take it out and what's the most amount of kilos you've done uh 50 kilos because you can't do too much as well you can you can you can do as much as you want as long as it stays under the boat yeah yeah you can do whatever but the problem is that after few hundred kilos the cops got on my back and then they didn't leave me they followed me everywhere how many hundreds of kilos do you reckon you've done in total I cannot answer that question, but I've done a little, a little bit. Okay. <laughs> okay. Uh, and at right. this time, one kilo of coke was in euros, thirty thousand, uh, thirty thousand uh, euro the kilo, which is thirty, thirty, uh, more or less thirty thousand pounds yeah, the yeah. kilo. And back in the days, you could buy the kilo for one thousand dollars. Yeah. Wow. Because the cocaine, you don't buy it in Colombia straight away like this. No. Okay so the colombians they don't have their laboratories in colombia anymore they have their laboratories in peru okay and what was my job back in the days is to check the cocaine the quality of the cocaine when it comes out of the laboratory so i had to go to peru 
to go on a donkey, go in the mountain, get into this, uh, you know, laboratory in the middle of jungle and check the stamps, check the quality. I had all the equipment to check the quality and to make sure that this cocaine goes from Peru, cross Panama, the Panama and arrive in the Caribbean. And when it arrived in the Caribbean, that's my job to make it cross the Atlantic to Europe. So when you was doing the torpedo, what was you getting paid? Because of course um, the, the cocaine wasn't yours, was it? Alors how I get I got paid? Uh, first of all, um, I wasn't the only diver. Oh, there so was had, more of you. I had another diver with me, and the diver that was with me, I said, okay, you're gonna work with me, and I pay you forty thousand to attach it, forty thousand pound to wow. attach it and extract it. Okay? Big money, man. So that was the money for the divers, okay. Me, I don't talk about money because I'm in contact with the big boss from uh, Colombia, okay. you know, and they will pay me later. Okay, so I don't get involved in, into all this payment uh, stuff. But who I have to pay is my uh, second, my uh, right-hand diver. I tell him, okay, you get 40,000 uh, pounds, for example, yeah. just to attach it and to extract it. That's it. And how many shipments are you do in a week? Uh, what is it, like one uh, a week? Or? You could... Uh, you know, so the divers making big money. Divers make good money. Yeah, very good, very money. good money. But it wasn't. A, I can't say it's a week. You can do it every week, but sometimes shit happen. Yeah, the load get lost. Cops are there. So I made good money, but all the money I made, I all spend it. So all of it. <laughs> of course, I all spend what? a bit uh, because. Um, I'm a party guy. <laughs> I'm a party guy. I love the very much bitches and hoes. <laughs> so yes, I party a lot. I had a good life. I had nice cars. I had nice place to live. Where, where was you in this business? Sorry, Mike. No, no, go ahead. In this business, you have to be very smart. Okay, if you get involved in this business, and the people who makes the money are only the top boss. Okay, and the workers like me, I was kind of a worker, you know. If you are, if if you are not too crazy like I am myself, you know, you can save it, you can, uh, you know, block it somewhere. But myself, you know, I was too crazy. I spent a lot, and also I got arrested with money in my place, and I didn't have time. How much to, did the police find? Uh, uh, half a million. Wow. Yeah, half a million. But you know what? They never declared it. Of course. Of course not. They never declared it, and they uh, uh, they took my watches, my clothes, and I tell you a real story. When they arrived in my home, it was all my designer clothes, like brand new, uh, Mikey. Yeah. And they were trying them, <laughs> trying them. You know, like my shoes. They were trying my shoes like this. No way. I couldn't even believe. And I was telling them, "Cops, take it, take it, but let me go." Did you know? They were taking, they were trying your shoes and clothes yeah, on. Yeah, they were trying my shoes like this, you know. They take the shoes and they try if they fit them. You know, motherfuckers. Even my watches, because I have a, I used to, uh, to collect watches, but uh, diving watches. Okay. You know, like really nice one, you know, like really nice one. And they took them all. But I didn't even ask question, man. I didn't give a shit, brother. When you get into trouble like this and you know that you're going to have two-digit sentence, you don't give a shit, man. You say, take it, fuck it, man. Was you, what was prison like for you? Uh, prison, uh, you know, there is a friend of mine. We call him the cold-blood animal. 
okay the prosecutor call him the blood color animal he says danny prison is not a waste of time it's a gain of time and it's true bro really you know? when you arrive in prison you know that you are fucked especially when you have the like a big big cases you know how long you have, how long was your sentence Alors the first i had the two sentences i had one seven years for the narco torpedo and i had another one five years for the dna that they found they found my dna on 100 kilos so they didn't have any other stories about it but they gave me five years because they just found my dna on 500 on 100 kilos so in total it was 12 years but you concur yeah. the sentences right and uh, at the end at the end i fought for an appeal to drop it from 10 years to eight years and i succeed you know? and out of eight years i've done seven which is all right yeah, it's not you not know, no, be it's better than 12. yeah better than 12 isn't it <laughs> but i um but i uh how can i say that i i gave myself 100 percent you know uh, to uh to make sure that they drop it you know and i uh i talked very well nice to them i showed them a uh, very good spirit so they trusted me and they uh, dropped from uh from 10 from 12 years to 10 and from 10 to 8. And you said the police found your DNA on 100 kilos. I know how it happens, brother. I'm telling you our stories. I was already in the Caribbean, you know, and uh, a friend of mine that I know from a long time, he was in the French Caribbean, and I meet him and I say, yeah, he told me, Danny, you know what? I have a few hundred kilos here, brother. I already sent 50 kilos, but it got caught by the pop-ups. I still have 100 kilos to send to Europe. How can I do, Danny? How can I do? I say, brother, I'm going to help you. What you're going to do, you're going to buy a car. Okay? But don't buy any cheap uh, cheap car. Buy the tuning cars. You know those, those cars yeah, from yeah, yeah. a competition with the uh, wings, with the big wheels? I say, buy a nice car like this. Okay? Subscribe to a competition in Europe for nice cars. You know, tuning cars. Subscribe. Okay? I'm going to put 100 kilos there make all secures, put a tracker on it, put a microphone in case the cops get or anything happen, we can hear what's going on. And I have the boat that's going to send it to, uh, I know the boat that's going to send it to Europe. And this idiot, instead of buying a nice car for 20 or 30 K, he bought a car for 1500 pounds. What can I do? I say, okay, fuck it. I install the cock inside. I install, I install a tracker. And I install a special microphone like this. I can call the tracker and I can even listen around, right? Wow. And to make it live long, because it's a seven days journey from the Caribbean to Europe, I say I'm going to install a special uh, lithium battery like this. It can, uh, we can have a long, long life battery for the trackers. And I used to be really, really careful put mask, gloves, you know, like this, my DNA doesn't appear anything, but they found a trace of DNA on the cable between the uh, the external battery to the tracker. Yeah. This okay. is how they find it. They, they told me, yeah, Danny, you are a star, you are a star. But brother, there is a lot of my followers, they uh, DM me, and they tell me, Danny, you are a star. But I always answer that, I'm not a star, I'm a legend. <laughs> 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 it's true brother yeah, yeah it's true because I, in, 
since I was doing uh, food online, you know, for myself, I influenced a lot of people that they start to do uh, cooking in uh, in the in the showing their videos of cooking in their cell. No, listen, so, yes. you're you're a very smart man. I you became are... a legend. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> you're a smart legend. By I accept your apologies. It's because, and I know whether yeah. you want to admit it or not. I understand there's cameras and obviously police, but. This is probably 10% of your life. It is 10% of There's life. a lot more. I cannot say too much about this cocaine business. Why, brother? Because it's very dangerous. I will not drop names. No, first you can of never. All. I will not blame anyone. If I got arrested and find myself banged up for many years in prison, the blame is only on me. Plus, I'm not a dangerous guy. You know, I'm kind of a geek, I would say. But I've grown up in an area only with uh, motherfuckers and uh, big, big traffickers. Right? So I've grown up in this environment, right? But, uh, but I would say, I would say uh, this, that was my way of life. I wanted to, uh, to go through it. I make a little bit of money. I lost uh, loads of money. I spent also lots of money. But uh, right now, I'm just happy, brother. I'm out of prison. I did what I had to do. I had my experience of life, my expertise also. And now I'm just here, to be honest. Well, listen, at least you're here to tell the story. But brother, I would like to tell you some stories, bro. You know, because when you, are, when you get banged up, okay? So I arrived in prison. Which I prison, was, firstly? Which one? I was in Paris. Okay. They arrested me in, I tell you. That morning, I was sick before they arrested me. I was sick and I went to hospital because I had the stomach pain. <clears throat> and instead of going to my own uh, apartment, I'm going to my mom's apartment to sleep at her place. So I arrived at, at uh, 6 o'clock in the morning. So I go in my, uh, the room because she has a big house, my mom. My room, I take off my clothes, I'm with my underwear, and I, and I hear, beam, boom. Boom, and I say, what the fuck is happening? And my mom, she runs, and she goes to me, she says, what is this? And I say, it's the cops. <laughs> and I tell her, it's the cops. And she tells, she looks at me, but she knew that I was getting she told, she tells, she tells me like this, I'm going to kill you. And I say, mommy, and I run, and I run in her house. It's a big house. I run everywhere. I say, where's my computer? Where's my passport? Where's... You know, I was looking for my passport to get rid of it because there's all the stamps from Colombia, uh, Ecuador, Peru, Panama. So I wanted to get rid of my uh, uh, passport and my computer because I had all my work in my computer to track the vessels, right? Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. So the computer, I find it, you know, and I'm on the 10th floor and I throw it from the balcony. It goes like this <laughs> and in a little hole, I'm happy. Uh, computer is saved, you know, it's, uh, it's secured. Uh, and then I look after my passport, I can't find my passport, you know, and then I said to my mother, okay, open the door, and then they bam, bam, open the door, we're going to open it, they said, okay, and I come to the door and say, hey, cops, I have two grenades in my hand, if you break the door, we're all going to blow up, <laughs> I said, and my mother, she told me, she looks at me with eyes like this, and I said, we're going to, I said, fuck it, <laughs> I didn't have uh, yeah, course, grenades, but I was saying the truth, and then after a certain time, you know, I say to my mom, open the door. Did the police calm down? When you police, said you were going to... The police, when they saw me, bam, put on the floor, heads like this, gun on the head, you know, and they bring me out. And they take me to their office, called 
this central office because it's not any cops. It's like the French DEA okay. related to the Ministry of Internal Affairs, like like big cops. And I find myself there. I'm upset, you know, and I don't know what I'm gonna say, which is nothing. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and I was upset, and I said to myself, I'm gone. I knew that I was gone. I knew that I was gone, and then it started there. Voila. That's the story uh, so far when I got arrested. And then after, what happened? I'm in prison. After four months in, uh, in, uh, on remand, they arrest me again for that uh, DNA stuff. For the DNA, the guy in front of me, the police, he, he, uh, he proposed me a deal. He told me, Danny, do you like money? I say, what the fuck, man, you ask me this question? Of course I like money, man. What the fuck? He said, okay, we propose, me some, we propose you some business. Okay, we're gonna make you. Uh, we're gonna make you. We're gonna make sure you get five years sentence. We're gonna make you free after eighteen months. Okay, you can work and do all your uh, drug trafficking business. If you have friends that you like, we can protect them. But you give us the name the, to the people that you sell the cook for. They change obviously. And me, I said, okay, guys, I am Algerian. Okay. And I'm from a family of resistance that they fought for the independence of Algeria. In my day, it's impossible I, I work with you guys. It's impossible. You know, I'm too proud. First of all, because of my background. Second of all, because, you know, it's too dangerous. You know, I'm going to get killed because of you. And I will never do that. I'd rather do 10, 20, 30 years, have my chin up and get out, uh, you know, free. I know that my people, my people outside, my friends outside, they're going to help my family. But I will never be ashamed of being a snitch, of being or making some other people in the shit. You know? and never, when brother. This video is sponsored by Cranbrook Law, an award-winning immigration law firm. Their talented solicitors can help when any struggles arise regarding immigration law. They can help get you the visas they need. They can help get you the staff you need from any other countries. As you can see, the website is on the screen right now. So if you need anything to do with immigration law, message Cranbrook Law and let them help you. Whether you're looking to obtain a sponsor license, receive advice and guidance in relation to compliance and our civil penalties, or take advantage of our know-how and experience across a broad range of business visas, our talented and dynamic immigration lawyers are available to speak to you. Telephone numbers on the screen, emails on the screen, and hit the link in the bio if you need any help it was the french police who arrested you yeah of course the french police and when they arrested how much did they say you imported um they accused me of importing hundreds hundreds of uh, kilos but hundreds have, yeah but you had they didn't have the proof of it you know you need proofs did they have any proof they caught nothing the only thing they caught so how did they charge you i'm going to explain you the only thing they caught because I was already working on that uh, narco torpedo, you know, and uh, when I uh, switched switch from the narco torpedo itself, mm -hmm. because it's too heavy, you know, it's too heavy, it's too much logistics to the fishnet, then they got in, in, into that game, you know, and I was already in Spain to extract a, a fishnet from Spain, from south of Spain, and then I found on my computer and I said, no, I couldn't even get to the port to extract it. It was like some, I had some troubles. I said, okay, no problem. I talked to my other diver. I said, let's go to Marseille. We're going to extract it there. And during my time uh, driving to Marseille, I arrived in Marseille, you know, but I checked the, car, the tracking vessel. I said, but they, they stopped the boat in another place in Toulon. Mm. The engine of the boat stopped. 
you know, for a few hours, I don't understand. I say, no, don't worry. I say, I say there is something happen. So when the boat arrives, I drive, but I have seen nothing under the boat. I say, where's all the cables? Where are all these, uh, these things that I attach? Where everything? And my friend say, yeah, it got lost in sea. I say, it's impossible. So what happened? Because they were on my back for a while. They stopped it in Toulon. They took the container boat outside of the water and they find all this setup that I've done wow. with 50 kilos. You know? So they did find 50 kilos. Yeah, they find 50 kilos. And they said that it was more. And they, uh, they cut a little bit of that fish net. And they say, yeah, but it got lost at sea. I say, ah. And then when I was at court, they say, yeah, it was much more than 50 kilos. And we have like a little cut on the fish net. But I say, no, it's not possible, Madame the judge, that it got lost at sea. Okay, and she say how? I say because one kilo of cut is thirty-seven centimeters out of twenty. Like I make all the, and they say this little cut, it's impossible because it's only fifteen centimeter. Yeah, <laughs> she was so stupid that uh, that judge, you know. So then, but they don't give a fuck in France. The problem in France, the suspicions, the it has a value of uh, proof. When they have suspicion on you, it can be proof. Really? Yeah. So, uh, so yes. So this had happened. I have friends of mine that had nothing to do in the business with me. They got nine years in my case, and they had nothing to do. It's just because they are kind of guys, uh, you know, that they had, they were suspicious of them, and they were looking for them for years. They say, okay, he's with Danny. We give him nine years, brother. Really, bro. Really, in France. They have no proof against you. If they have suspicions, they're gonna can fuck you up big time. Wow. So if they wanna fuck you, they can fuck you anyway. Anyway, this is the French system. It's not like you, the uh, Anglo-Saxons, English, yeah. uh, American system, where you can bring the proof that you have nothing to do with it and uh, you can fight it in, the, in, the, in a court. Wow. So in France, they don't give a shit. If they have an ID, plus they get influenced by the cops. You're done. And uh, voila, quoi. But in the court, man, we had some fun, man. I'm telling you, I had some fun. I was laughing, you know. Uh, they were saying, <laughs> I was laughing, to be honest. I was laughing because I knew that I will get seven years from that thing. I knew it from the timing. I only, it was a one month uh, trial. I went there only three times. Just when I talked, introduced myself, and then I just never been there. Did they say you was the head of the operation? Uh, they said that I was in charge of the logistics, all the transports. I'm not a boss. Yeah, no. But no. I'm the guy who is, in, which is very important, uh, you know, position. I'm the one in charge of all the transport from the South America or West Indies to Europe. And which I was. <laughs> it's true. And, but why why was you so good at doing stuff like that? Why I was so good because uh, because because you know I just had the idea and sometimes you know you hang out with people, with powerful people, with money, you know, and when you have an idea, they invest on your ideas to develop it. Okay, so I had some people from uh, Colombia who has money and tell me, okay, Danny develop your ideas you have the funds and make it happen so when i came with that uh, idea of narco torpedo they say okay no problem you have the funds okay develop it 
how much is gonna cost see this 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 and that i need men because you need men also when you're in the caribbean you cannot do it with yourself so you have to bring men your guys from europe you know set up operation yeah, rent course. places get some cars but you if you know? when you was making it work you was making them a lot of money so they didn't care investing in you yeah we were uh, making a lot of money so they were very happy you know but when there is a loss it's a big problem it uh, the first uh, the first loss is not a big problem okay it stressed me out for sure but it's not a big problem because shit happened you know but after you know if you lose it uh, someone has to pay for it and it's very dangerous because you can get killed and as i say often i'd rather be alive in prison than dead outside yeah you know so this is how it is but at the same time people knows me i'm very honest guy to be honest uh, brother mikey i don't lie i lie only with liars and motherfuckers <laughs> yeah no i get that listen no, it's true brother no it's 100%. True. i lie only with uh, liars and motherfuckers and it's full of motherfuckers outside bro and since i got out of prison you know because in prison you have to keep your word you know it's very important for anything you know for anything and since i got uh, out of prison i would say i'm not gonna say prison was better but you know the state of mind of prison people was better than the state of mind of prison people outside you know because they lost they took a lot of shit yeah. here outside and i try to get back to get some money back uh, i don't know if i can start uh, that here you know i find myself in some situation to get my money back you know like very dangerous situation so i just forgot about it man i said this is not for me anymore bro when you come out did any of the big bosses contact you, contact you yeah one of the big boss <laughs> my colombian brother he's a brother oh yeah he contacted me he said yeah danny where are you where are you and i and i and i had already apartment everything when i got ready uh, abroad outside of france in europe and i say uh, i say i'm not gonna give you my uh, address he said i'm not okay i'm not gonna kill you danny just give me your address <laughs> and when he told me this i trusted him so he came to pick me up with two girls friends of his you know, I was with my motorbike in the countryside somewhere in, in Europe. So it was funny when he told me like this. I said, I'm not going to kill you, Danny. <laughs> and he's a killer. Oh, he is, yeah? yeah? He's a killer. He's a killer, but nice guy. He's a brother, you know. He's a Colombian guy. In this line of business, you must have met some big naughty boys as well. Some proper, proper, proper killers. You know, brother, who are the naughty boys, who are the proper ones? He's not the guys like you and me. He's the motherfucking cops. Yeah. Because who's in charge of importing all this shit? Yeah. Who are the biggest ones trafficking? It's the cops, brother. In France, in UK, in Germany, they are the guys, you know, because it's too much money. Plus, you know, the head of the DEA in any countries in uh, Europe, they get involved with trafficking. They do deals together. They say, okay, I let you do your business, but bring me the people that you sell it for, for the sell the, you sell the gear for. And it happens a lot. So the number one trafficking brother, it's the state, is the cops. For example, in England with HSBC, yeah, yeah. back in the days in China with all this heroin, you know, business. It was HSBC in charge of this business. Brother. HSBC, the bank? HSBC, it's a Hong yeah. Kong bank. They were doing the heroin business with China back in the days. They are the number one. It's well known, brother. It's well known back in the days. Yes, they made their money in the drug business, in the heroin business. 
HSBC for sure. Fucking you know? hell. And enforce the same. <laughs> and the team that they were doing investigation on us, they were already importing not hundreds of kilos, thousands of kilos from Morocco, from bloody uh, Venezuela, uh, doing some business with a, with a, with a guy. He's a snitch, of course, yeah, you know, a course. trafficant with a guy. And this guy was giving them the names of the people he sell the gear to. You know, the cops themselves, the DEA. There are a lot of fucking snitches you know, in that game. This is how it is, brother. You know, the, big, the, the biggest trafficant is not uh, us, it's the state. There's, a lot, the of, there's no. a lot of snitches as well. In this game, I always say, you know, uh, brother Mikey, I always say that uh, they're all snitches in this game. You know, because it's too much money involved, and there is some people, even big boss, you know, that when they get arrested, they cannot stand to be in prison, you know, because prison is a state of mind, and they are ready to to talk, to tell, to get out of prison. That's the and then you have also big boss that they will take it, twenty, thirty years they will take it. So yes, in this game, most of them, especially the cocaine business, most of them are snitches. Have people contacted you to work again uh, uh yeah they must have yeah people they contacted me and they told me to explain them the the narco torpedo business but this narco torpedo narco torpedo business doesn't work anymore why, why? because when the boats the container boats comes from colombia uh, venezuela from the Caribbean, and it arrived to the ports of uh, Amsterdam, Rotterdam, Le Havre in France. They get stopped before the entrance. The customs, they send those little underwater drones to check on the, the, the hull what's going on if nothing attached. Narcotorbedos is finished business, you know. So, but I can explain uh, how it works. So that's why I'm here to talk about it, but it's not a business that works anymore. Now those people, the entrance of cocaine in Europe, it's from uh, Belgium. Ah, that's how they bring Belgium it. is the door of entrance with Antwerp, the port of Antwerp, Anvers in French, is the door of entrance of the cocaine. And they don't bring it from uh, 100 kilos to 100, they bring it by tens of tons. How are they getting it in? Nah, those guys, they connected, brother, they connected, they connected with the cops. They don't bring it like this. They connect with but the wh cops. Why Belgium? Why Belgium? Ah, that's a good question. That's the only place where they can bring it there. It's open there because it's corrupted. And those cops, they cannot say no to one million pound. Okay. Someone bring you one million pound and they tell you, okay, let's bring, uh, let's get this <laughs> What you're going to say, of course, of course, you're going to say gonna yes. You're going to make sure that it's secure. You're going to make sure that there are your guys behind it. Okay. A million pound, a million pound. In. Million pound, two million pound, three million pound. It's big and money. Ten thousand tons. What's the value of ten thousand tons? Uh, what the value, for example, of one ton of cocaine? The 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 street uh, the street value can be uh, between thirty million to uh, 50, 60, 70 million. For one ton, thousand kilos. And now ten thousand ton? <sighs> yeah. Now, how many tons they bring every year they bring it from to spain they bring it to uh, to uh, to uh, to england they bring it to france they bring it to holland they bring it to uh, belgium it's a big business man big money i've heard i've heard 
one of the hardest countries to get in is the UK. Alors, in the UK, I think it's uh, it's hard, but uh, but people still. It's I never it's know, never impossible. Know. It's not impossible. Nothing is impossible as long as you have the right people by your side. You have the people that works in the port, the dockers. Yeah. Okay, that they are number one, and you have the cops. If you have the cops, man, you can bring Do whatever, whatever you want. Yeah, you and in UK, believe me, brother, sorry to say that, but I think it's the cops who manage it. Really? Of course, brother. Who's gonna be? Who's gonna bring all this quantity of cocaine? And we know that Britain is the number one consumer of cocaine in Europe. Yep. If it's not the cops, who's gonna be? Sorry, be. guys. I'm gonna. I'm gonna. I didn't do any coke because last time I was on James English. He said, "Did you take any coke?" I said, "No, I don't do this shit." No, because it's the it's the cold from the from the plane. Shout out to James English, by the way. Uh, brother, I'm very happy to see you, man. No, listen. I I watched your. Someone sent me your clip of James English. Yeah. yeah. I watched it and I thought, "Fucking hell, this guy's a legend, man!" I swear to you, I watched it and I thought. Do you know what it is? Because you're you're not a normal criminal. You know, a lot of criminals come on here and they're sad. They tell the story. It's very depressing and it's very... It's a sad story. Yes, or it's, it's, it sounds serious. You come on here, you're laughing, you're happy. I'm going to tell you why, brother. Okay? Because first of all, I don't take myself seriously. Second, I'm very humble. Okay? I know where I come from. I know what I'm capable of. Okay? And this is the school where I come from. I grew up in an area in west of Paris, uh, in a Moroccan area with only Moroccans, and only traffickers that they used to traffic cocaine, uh, hashish from Morocco to Europe. So our dream when we were young is to bring hashish by tons to Europe. It was our dream, okay? But we never took uh, took each other seriously, even though it's a very dangerous business. You know, there's a lot of killings, there's a lot of shit, okay? But uh, no, it's just humbleness, man. And uh, I don't take my... It's a, uh, it's a work, man. It's a, it's work. Yeah? And people, when they say it's easy money, it's, it's not easy money. It's big money indeed, the drug money. But it's not easy money because it's a lot of... Uh, it's a big logistic. You have to pay a lot of people, spend a lot of money. Money brings money. Yeah. You know? So it's not easy business. And I'm just cool, man. You know, I don't take myself seriously, even though I'm a friend with big bosses, very, very big boss. Why people like me? Because I never ask questions, you know, and I keep my mouth, my mouth shut. And I have experience, I have background, I have, you know, so people, they know, they say, if Danny got arrested, uh, nothing, nothing can happen. I just keep my, sh my mouth shut. This is the advice that I give to the youngsters when they get arrested by cops and they go in front of the judge. Just keep your mouth shut. Don't try to talk to you think that you're going to help yourself, you know, because nothing going to help you. Keep your mouth shut, go to jail, do your time, and then when they, uh, they ask you to, call, to come again, you're going to be with your lawyer, you're going to have like more advice. Preparation. Uh, that's it. So what, what is, what's next for Danny now? Uh, next for Danny, it's very simple, brother. You know, I've been uh, I've been uh, free for the past twenty four months. How has it been? Uh, it was great, man. It was great, but at the same time, brother. At the same time, uh, I, I'm, uh, I have a son. Yeah. You know, and I'm not in a good relationship with the mom. How old is your son? Uh, 
Aishan is 11. He's a wow. great boy. Mashallah. You know, he speaks Turk. Really? Yeah, he speaks Turk. He's from Central Asia, you know? Central Asia, Kyrgyzstan, yeah, yeah. Uzbekistan, they speak Turk. Yeah. This is the origin of Turkish language, wow. right? Mongols. You know? Nice Mongol boy. He lives in the UK or over yeah, lives in, He lives in France now. He oh, speaks nice. Russians, you know, they are Russian speakers, you know, in uh, Central Asia, they are yeah, Uzbekistan, yeah. they are Russian speakers, but they, are, they speak Turk, which is their origin language. Yeah. I want to, uh, and I'm not in a good relation with the mom. She doesn't want me to see my boy. Okay. I'm not going to blame her because the blame is on me. Okay. I haven't been a good man, you know, as a husband, I have to say, but I've done what I had to do. But she, uh, but uh, well, I just want to have my son back, look after him, take him with me around traveling, which I've done when, since I got out, he was a lot of with me, but lately I can't, I don't see him uh, actually. And this is just, uh, it's just I want to do, brother. I just want to, uh, well, uh, do my life, look after my boy, teach him uh, boxing because I love boxing. I love judo also. You are MMA fighter, so yeah. I've done judo for 10 years. Maybe we, you and me, we can do body <laughs> to body. <laughs> you I also said that. about your podcast. And uh, yes. <clears throat> is your off camera, is your channel up? Alors, can I tell you something, uh, Mikey, brother? Since uh, since I had that podcast with uh, James English, you know, loads of people contacted me. Yeah, and I've done loads of podcast. I've been in invited in loads of podcasts and uh, media. So I've done a lot of interview with French, Americans, uh, uh, Dutch, uh, English people, <coughs> and a team uh, from uh, the Channel Four, French Channel Four. They contacted me after James' podcast. They told me, "Okay, Danny, you're doing well." We want to support you. We want to produce you. So I found producers. And now we're going to shoot the first uh, Danny Hell's Kitchen podcast, but as a conversation, you know, not interviews, conversation, but related to food, you know, yeah, yeah. gender, culture, gender, food. <coughs> and uh, the first pod will be uh, out on the beginning of uh, December. And YouTube? Uh, on Patreon. Patreon, yeah? On Patreon. Not yet on YouTube, but <clears throat> after I'm going to do it on YouTube when we have the finance to do it. And of course, my first guest will be uh, James English. <laughs> because <laughs> well, he has lots it, of things to say and he's a, such a great guy. Of course, James, very good guy. Yeah. Um, send me the link as well for the Patreon. We'll put in the bio. So when the viewers are watching it, if you want to go and show support to Danny, go down, click the link. But he's not finished, my brother Mikey. It will be a season one, season one with different guests, okay? Yeah. But season two, I will make it on YouTube, but it will be called Reverse Podcast, which means I will uh, have a conversation with all the people who invited me on the podcast, which, oh, uh, like you, <laughs> so you're going to be my guest <laughs> on the season two, yeah. the Danny Hess Kitchen Reverse Podcast, to see what you have to tell me. No but problem. I'm going to squeeze you. Squeeze me, no problem at all. <laughs> One thing I've realized about you as well, you're very passionate about food. Alors, brother, I tell you, <clears throat> when I was in prison, I was in prison, you know. Because, you know, sorry to interrupt, you know when I went on your Instagram, I wasn't sure if you were still in prison or not. Yeah. I was confused. I was looking at it, I was like, because I had my, uh, my PA, she messaged you first. I'm looking, I'm thinking, I phoned her, I said, he's still in prison. And she says, no, 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 he's, I said, 
Look at his story. He's in prison. He's in prison. No, because I put old stories for the new followers. <clears throat> but brother, I tell you, I was already banged up. You know, I was uh, banged up in uh, January 2015, and then a few months later, I start Danny Health Kitchen. I put all my st my uh, videos of me cooking. And in prison, you have shitty foods, right? But yeah. you have also the canteen, so you can you can uh, uh, order some nice food. Plus, us in France, we have the chance and the the people from prison the guards they are very corrupted to bring things from <laughs> outside you know so I was organizing to bring merguez halal food spices strawberries from outside when my girlfriends come to visit me yeah yeah okay so i started like this to show all my luxury food and cooking in prison it started like this and so that's why a lot of podcasts, food podcasts, very famous, like the racist sandwich from New York, they contacted me really? and they wanted to say, yeah, but how do you do that? And I explained them. I explained, okay, we have already some food that we can buy from prison, but because I needed some spices, extra spices, I need some extra halal meat, you know, I needed someone when it comes to visit me, that day of visit, it's a big organization, you know, and I can get things inside by paying the guard. Where did, where did you learn to cook? I always been uh, no. I always knew how to cook. I always knew because I've been living uh, by myself since a young age. Plus my mom, she gives me uh, advice. Plus YouTube, YouTube yeah. helps a lot. So yes, I've done that. Danny Hell's Kitchen because I've always been passionate about this guy uh, uh, who does Hell's Kitchen. What is his name? Uh, Gordon Ramsay. Yeah, yeah. You know, but Gordon Ramsay, you never contacted me. You know that the Hell's Kitchen with a Z, it's me, the real one. <laughs> I think he was scared. You reckon, yeah? <laughs> I think, I think if we, let me not contact this guy. So contact me, uh, Gordon, when you have time. You should make it one of your challenges one day yeah. to get Gordon Ramsay on your show. I'd like that, but uh, does he have the guts to do it? Maybe not. I doubt. <laughs> <laughs> but let me tell you a story. I had so many people, you know, because the first 18 months of my sentence, I used to share, sell with other inmates, you know. Was you allowed a phone inside? Pardon? A mobile phone. Was you allowed one? Oh, no, you're not allowed. Oh, you want to, yeah, I don't know. If in French, it, maybe yeah. it's different. No, no, no. You're not allowed. You just get it from the black market or yeah. you make sure that you pay the guards to bring it in. In any prison, it's, it's okay. illegal. And uh, for the first 18 months of my sentence, I always had a sailmate, you know, and they used to change all the time. I knew that I will stay like he, in prison for a very long time. <laughs> and uh, I was with really two nice sailmates. Uh, we call them shout out to Gattuso, shout out to La Pizza. One named Gattuso and the other one La Pizza. We call him La Pizza, he's an Italian guy. Nice lads. And then they left, you know, one got free, one got to, to the other block, you know. And uh, I was waiting for a new cellmate, and they bring me uh, a 52 years old Syrian guy from Syria. Yeah. But he was he uh, he's from France, you know, a Syrian guy. But he's in France. He has his business in France. He has his mortgage in France. He has his family in France. Married with a French woman. Everything all right for him. Okay. But his problem, he was involved with some guys from Daesh. Daesh, Daesh. ISIS, that? ISIS, oh, ISIS, like terrorists, ISIS, Daesh people. You know? He had nothing to do with this business, but he got involved in this shit. And when it comes to terrorism in France, they arrest everyone and then they do the investigation. They, yeah, they do the, but they arrest everyone. And for sure, when they arrest, you stay two years in jail, even though you are not uh, guilty. So himself, 
Oh my god, he got he arrived, you know. Okay, I say 60, uh, 52 years. I say, okay, I'm not gonna say his name. Okay, welcome, brother. I give you the lower bench because you're older than me. I take the top one. I hope he's speaking Arabic. I say, You're gonna teach me Arabic. I was so happy, you know. Say, Yeah, brother, don't worry. I cook, I clean. No one's gonna fuck with you. You're protected. No one's gonna bother you. You are protected. Just think about your case, get yourself out of all this shit, eat. Sh shit sorry <laughs> eat shit make a little bit of exercise and don't get bothered and he was crying every day if i tell you crying <laughs> every day he had nothing he was uh he was not guilty you know he yeah, was yeah. innocent but he got involved in some uh terrorist shit and he was crying every day imagine when you are banged up already and you have someone like <laughs> over 50 and crying 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 proper every, crying proper uh, crying proper crying like proper, <laughs> like, like this bro like, like this brother <laughs> and what, i'm gonna say some dirty stuff brother but i like to say it and one day it's seven o'clock in the morning and he cries in the morning and he said danny danny he wakes me up in the morning he stayed he stayed on with me one month and ten days it was ramadan 2017 or 2016 i forgot and he wakes me up you know at seven o'clock he said danny he was with his underwear his balls hanging he was crazy man <laughs> <laughs> sorry it's true you know and i say well what the fuck what the fuck uh, what he, uh, whatever your name what the fuck he said danny the toilets are blocked <laughs> i said what the fuck are blocked <laughs> because you know they uh, you know the prison they give to the inmates the pills you know the anti-anxiolytics the pills you know yeah, like yeah. anti-depressing pills yeah, yeah, yeah. to make them down and when you take those pills it makes the people um uh, need to go to toilet more not toilet uh, yeah constipated yeah, yeah constipated yes yeah voila it makes because it's the spills the chemical stuff <laughs> and then he tells me yeah, that's all he's blocked and so he, he went to shit <laughs> sorry and it was a hard shit that blocked the toilet <laughs> and i woke up and get down i say i say uh, 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 yeah take boil some water and put boiling water in it and i showed him for all and i said ah oh, thank you danny and during the day he was crying crying he said danny danny what can i do to forget <laughs> and i said listen sit down i'm gonna tell you what you're gonna do to, because i had enough <laughs> i said you're gonna write to the warden there is a special policy in this prison they built a secret uh, secret uh, hospital in the basement of the prison okay and it has a new thing you know it's called the uh the um, uh, artificial coma you yeah. know they give you a jab you freeze you know and during your time in prison they unfreeze you and you get out and you forget about everything <laughs> <laughs> so, so write to the warden that you want to be part of this um, project this, uh, project the artificial coma two days later the warden calls me it said he calls me i go to the office and say, what the fuck is this i have nothing to do with it <laughs> and he was writing to everyone i want to be part of the artificial <laughs> coma <laughs> so then i told him listen write down to the warden also that you want to uh to do horse riding that you want to be part of the swimming pool and he's doing <laughs> and, it yeah and he was writing to everyone ah man i had enough man. <laughs> brother, brother, when someone cries every day oh it's shit. true man it hits it hits it hits your head man fuck you know you're actually so funny I had some laugh, honestly you know, I, say, I had some laugh and after one uh after one month and ten days I just told him to fuck up. <laughs> <laughs> and he fuck up. Well, 
how did and you? And then they put me by my, they put me on my, by, by myself. Wait, how did you tell him to fuck off? I just tell him to fuck off, you know. I just tell him to fuck off, and he left. And you know what? I had enough to be by myself. But listen, brother, it's a true story. Oh, I've done so many, I've done so many times in the hall, you know the, <laughs> the segregation. The, yeah, the segregation. You know the punishment cell. I've done uh, more than two hundred and sixty days in the hall. And now I had enough. And uh, you know when you go to the hall, there is a special, uh, special uh, court, a trial. They trial you, but yeah. inside the prison. Inside the prison. Yeah, inside the prison, there is a trial. And then I went to see the. It was the warden of the trial that was the president of the court. This is the warden, and she was a Moroccan woman. I don't want to say her name here. Very nice woman, you know. Very nice woman. <laughs> and I said, Madame, blah blah blah, Madame Z. Let's call her Madame Z. I say, I'm going to get out of the hall. Okay, but I don't want to be with no one in the cell anymore. She told me, no, it's a day, it's overcrowded. We're going to bring you one or two other cellmates. I say, it's impossible. One or two? Yeah, because sometimes we are three in a cell. In a cell. Yeah, 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 it's happened. I've been three in a cell, but only with brothers. So then I had enough of that place where I was in Paris, brother Mikey. I had enough because it was in 2018, July 2018, and I had still on a suspended sentence 30 days of hole to do. So I had to do. Why was you going in the hole? What were you doing? Ah, oh, man, I was too aggressive. Honestly, brother, at the beginning of my sentence, I didn't accept it. You know, yeah, I didn't yeah. accept it. My body didn't accept it. I was so aggressive towards everyone, and especially towards the guards. You know, I was so aggressive. And sometimes you have very good guards, I have to say. Nice guys, nice lads. But sometimes you have like a motherfuckers. Because in France, the, most of the guards, they bring them from the West Indies, the French West Indies. And there is a problem of communications when they come here to Europe. They speak their own language from the West Indies, Patois, mm -hmm. okay, French with the language of their island. So there is Mr. Undes, uh, mis, Misunderstood, right? Miscommunication. So sometimes, uh, you know, we don't understand each other and they think that they have to play tough. But they don't know that they are not in their islands. They are in Europe, you know, in our neighborhood. They can get fucked uh, very badly outside. So I had a lot of uh, arguments with motherfuckers like this, you know. And once a guy, you know, he was so rude to me. I will always remember, so rude. He treated me like a like piece of shit. And I felt like a piece of shit. And I was so mad. I grabbed him from his neck, you know, and he was doing like this. Ah, ah! <laughs> Sorry, man. And I spat in his mouth. <laughs> And I, I, I looked at him, I, I, I said, now you kissed me, you motherfucker. And you're and mad, I got man. fucking 30, 30 days of hole, and it was in the newspaper. Then he, then he says that he's going to sue me, you know, and all my friends, you know, they went to see him, say, yeah, don't sue him. You know, he's a nice lad. You pushed him, blah, blah, blah. And he didn't sue me. And when I had my 30 days of hole, he came to myself and he, uh, he uh, said, yeah, Danny, I would like to apologize and I apologize too to him, you know, it's normal. I apologize. But uh, <laughs> but in 2018, man, it was like summer 2018, in uh, July 2018. It was really hot. You know, I don't know if you remember. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Bloody hot, man, in France, in Paris. You know, and I had 30 days of uh, 30 days of hole to do. And I couldn't even say, and I said, I'm going to die in the hole. Because there is no window, it is very hot and it's on the roof of the prison. Really? It's on yeah. the roof? Yeah, on the roof, man. And you know, it was really hot, hot. And I said, no, I'm, I'm going to die. I'm going to... I felt it like this. So I said to all my friends in the yard, I said, okay, I'm leaving now, guys. I kiss everyone. 
<laughs> like this, you know, and I climb because I'm a good climber and I climb through till to the roof. And on the roof, I put a mask on my face, you know, I jump the uh, razor wire, I cut myself blood everywhere, you know, and then the warden comes and say, yeah, Danny comes down. They say, no, I'm not coming down. I want to fuck off from here, you know. And then I went into negotiation and then they, uh, he let, he told me, okay, you, we're going to kick you out to another prison. I did uh, eight days of haul, okay? The worst de eight days of well, you my tried life. To, you tried to escape the prison? It was kind of, yeah, they took it as a escape. attempted escape. But in my head, it, I didn't want to escape. I just want to, to make uh, the I point, seen, yeah. you know? I just want to make the point. But uh, yeah, they took it as a... And then they uh, kick me, they, uh, I, I negotiate, I go down. They send me to the to the hall for eight days, and it was the uh, most the worst eight days of my life because it was so hot in the cell, brother. Man, believe me, brother, it was so hot I couldn't even breathe, you know. And one day I woke up at seven o'clock in the morning. It was no air in the in the cell, you know. It was nothing, and I woke up like this to take my bread and uh, the shitty food that I, and I fall unconscious. Bah. Then they wake me up, and when I wake up, it was the ambulance that came out from the outside, and I was like this, like this in the bed, and the guy is doing this, you know, listening to your heart, and I said, take me to the emergency in the hospital, take me. <laughs> <laughs> I said, and the, his assistant said, yeah, we take him, we take him. He said, no, he's all right, he's all right. We see it. I said, motherfucker, we take me to the hospital. <laughs> he didn't want to take me to the hospital, this motherfucker. Anyway. So, and then they kick me, man, I've done too much, man. They kick me to east of France. They take me to the dispatch first. I stayed a few days in the dispatch. And then when they, they kicked me to a, a prison next to Germany, okay? And then when I arrived there, you know, you have the head of security because you attempted uh, escape. And uh, he said, okay, Mr. Danny, you know, we know what you've done, blah, blah, blah. I hope you're not going to make some shit here. I say, okay, Mr. Head of security, I give you my word of honor. <coughs> that I will not do any shit, but don't give me a headache. Don't come with the church. Don't do me anything. He said, okay, we checked hand and I never had problems. Serious, they were yeah. good to you. You have to talk like this, you know, because uh, sometimes they see people that they are ready to do anything. And me, brother, I'm ready to do anything, you know. So I give him my word and I have only one word. I'm not a liar, brother. I'm very honest guy. I'm a liar only with liars and motherfuckers. <laughs> <laughs> and it's true brother yes you have yeah, to be yeah. you have to well, be. but i'm very honest that's why people like me because i'm very um loyal guy if you are my friend mikey i'm your friend forever okay and i will always take your side this is how it is i, I see that from you as well you, you listen you you live life good as well life yeah. it was all right man life it was all right especially when i was living in london i had a nice car you know uh, going out and clubbing, parties, bringing bitches and whores at home. <laughs> Where was you staying in London? I was in uh, Chelsea. Oh, nice. You yeah, had, you had money then, King's yeah? Road, you know. You had I money. Had a nice life now. Really nice life, brother. Nice life. Chelsea, King's Road, Ferrari, all this shit. You know, I didn't even have to talk to the girls. You know, I just had to, uh, you know, park. <laughs> I said, come. You're driving Ferrari, yeah? Yeah, of course. Yeah, he was making big money, though. You was making listen. But Ferrari, you know, doesn't cost that much to be honest. Like four hundred well, it, it's a big money. Four hundred K you get a Ferrari. Yeah, you but know, you, you get a California, which is my best uh, car. I like I love the California one, you know. What cars best. did you have in your life? 
uh, had many cars. I had like a Mercedes, I have the California. I have uh, many, many cars in my life, you know. But you know what? Uh, lately, uh, lately I've been the, since I've done uh, James English, you know, a lot of people contact me, you know. They want to invest in some projects I have. And I see their, their Instagram page, they have Rolexes, nice watches, uh, driving Ferraris. And I say, listen, brother, I am not impressed, you know, because on Internet, you can say whatever you want. Yep. You know, I believe only what I see with my own eyes, you know, and what I have in my pocket. OK, so all your things, no disrespect, brother. I say I'm very humble. I'm just telling you something straight. It doesn't impress me. And it's true, brother. I'm not impressed of nothing, bro, because I lived the life. Yeah, you you've know? done that life as well, though, though, Danny. You've done it. You've lived. You've had Rolexes, I can imagine. You've had money. You've had cars. You've had girls. You've had You've had everything. So someone having a nice watch, someone having... You don't give a shit. Yeah, but still people are impressed, like young people. But me, I don't give a shit, you're, brother. You you're know? probably impressed by loyalty. Impressed by loyalty. I'm impressed by your knowledge, by your cleverness. You know, by your education, by your manners. This is what impressed me. Someone with good manners. It's impressed me. Someone who talks nicely and sweetly. That's impressed me, brother. Yeah. Your knowledge impressed me. And but think, the rest, I don't give a shit, brother. I think Honestly. loyalty is important. Loyalty is very important. Because nowadays, there is no loyalty. There, there is. is. Yeah. I agree with you, brother. People say something and they don't stick to it. You know why people love me till now? Even though they know... Sorry, brother, you know, um, don't say that myself, I'm this and that, but I'm quite crazy guy, some yeah. ways, you know. Uh, you saw me when I arrived. <laughs> <laughs> so I have my, uh, you know, how can I say, I have my demons, but there is one, one thing that all my friends and all the people around me is Danny, he will be, he will be always by your side, he will be always loyal to you. And some people with power, you know, they don't need friends. They need loyal people around them. Yeah. And I will never betray you for any type of money, Mikey. I'm telling you, even you, brother, you know, as my brother, never, never, never. No money is going to put me as a bitch, you know, to be against you. Yeah, you no, brother. Mean, there's not Fuck many, it. There's not many people like that no, no more. Fuck it, brother. Especially in the UK. The UK, the country is finished. It's everywhere the same, brother. It's everywhere. But no one is going to take me out of my friendship with someone. And if someone proposes me something to betray you, I will come to, say, come to see you say, you see this motherfucker? He proposed me this. Or I will say, yeah, give me the money and I will fuck him. <laughs> That's how it should be. But yeah. I will tell you still, you know, because it's not fair, brother. It's not fair. And sorry, brother. No disrespect to none of your uh, guests. Yeah, yeah. You know, I've been uh, watching one of your uh, podcasts, and it was this uh, this guy that was uh, stealing from other dealers. What did he look like? He was uh, a black guy. Okay, yes. Yeah, you yeah, remember? Yeah, yeah. He yeah. was robbing other trafficking and dealers. This is something you know that I disagree with it, bro. I know that is in France also. You have those teams; they rob other dealers and uh, people who. But brother, you know, a dealer, he tried to make himself, man. You know what? It's already difficult for him. He has the cops. He has the motherfuckers like you. He has all of these things. And you're going to rob the, the money from him that he worked hard for this shit. You know? And some of my friends, they say those people, you know, um, they don't end up uh, very well. I don't want to say too much about it. But bro, this is not right, man. You know? Everyone has a... 
how can I word it? Everyone likes to do their own things. Yeah. And for me, I'm happy. <laughs> I'm the host. I want the stories. But I agree, sometimes it's not good. There's too much struggle going on in the world. Especially as a as a drug dealer, as anything, they've got to worry about police. They've got to worry about this. They've got to uh, worry about imagine that. Imagine you have to worry about someone from the hood that is going to fuck you up. No, man, it's not right. And um, they don't end up very well, most of them. Honestly, they don't end up very, very well. So, voila, quoi. This is the thing. So, that's why me, uh, you know, I'm not envious of no one. Okay? I'm very happy that, for to people that they make their things very happy i'm not envious i'm very humble uh, people people propose me to do so to get into the drug business yeah but i refuse bro why do you refuse i refuse is very simple if i get arrested the first of all i trust no one no one at all outside of my family i trust no one because they all snitches okay this is how i take it Second, if I get arrested in France, for example, doing some drug trafficking in France, I get 20 years minimum. And out of these 20 years, they're going to give me two thirds. So I'm going ha- to have to do 14 years minimum. Is that because you've already been? Et voilà. So I will never do that, man. Uh, fuck. And I, I, always, I used to say that if I get arrested again, which I will not because I'm not getting involved in this shit. Okay. I'd rather die, brother. Yeah, and I tell you, I'd rather die. If the cops come and uh, arrest me wherever, I have weapons in my head, I'm ready to go to war with them. And they kill me. Instead of going doing 14 years. Because 14 it's not years is a long time, man. It's, it's too a long. long time, man, 14 years. It's a long time. No, no, I'm not ready to do that. However, now, uh, you know, since uh, I... Now, since you... And since uh, James English, I think that uh, I'm getting the next level because of you, brother, also. And uh, I'm starting my own podcast and see where it's going to take me. Listen, you know? I, I, your stories and the thing is as well, you are a good person. You're funny. You've got a good energy about you. Some people are boring. It's true. Some people are boring. I'm not lying. But you're funny. You've got good stories. You know how to tell a story as well. You're not. You're, you're crazy, but you're not. What's the word? It's still in order. Do you know what I mean? You're not just a crazy man who talks loads of shit and it makes no sense. Yeah. It still makes <laughs> sense. I look forward to watching your podcasts. I do, yeah. honestly. Yeah, but you're going to be my guest. I will. I'll yeah. give you my word. I'll come. I'll be yeah, your guest. Very good. Because like this, we're going to have a good conversation because I've been... Uh, I haven't done my full investigation on you, brother. That's good. But I've seen some uh, MMA stuff. No, no. Uh, the MMA stuff is... Uh, there's more to me than MMA. And I'm very interesting to have you on the tatami. Tatami? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, on the tatami to see how we can hold each other in a judo. Right, <laughs> what listen. is your weight? Now I'm weighing 95 kilos. Uh, 95 kilos? You know, I put on weight lately. I feel fat, brother. So I'm back to the gym. I feel a bit fat. I'm 90... Uh, I'm 90 something. Yeah, but you're tall as well. You're what? 6'2", 6'3"? 6'2", yeah. 6'2", yeah. 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 I'm 95 now. But normally I feel good at 88 kilos. I I'm, feel very I'm currently coming down in weight. I want to get to 90. So maybe we can do some judos. No, no, you, you, you do you. I'll, I'll just watch. I'm not involved. I'm not involved. You, do, you do whatever you want. No, 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 no. You, we, you know, we can have a cooking, a cooking show. Yeah, definitely. Yeah? I'm a good but, cook. But when I will invite you, we'll talk about cooking. But I'm going to put a tatami. I say, listen, MMA, <laughs> let's do some judo. Maybe you're going to kick my ass. Maybe you're going to mix a hard block. You know, once I was in London, long time ago, brother, long time. You know, like long time. 
I was in central London off um, Regent Street. It's a hotel. I forgot, brother, the name of it. And on the roof terrace, they organized parties. And I was on the party. I used to have long hair before, big chains, you know, golden chain. I was big, uh, big guy, you know. Have you got pictures? Uh, uh, yes, I will send you. Make sure you send yeah, me some pictures. I'll send you some pictures when I was in Morocco. And uh, and it was those girls uh, from uh, in front of me from uh, uh, Saudi Arabia. I don't know what I said. And it was their her bodyguards behind Polish guys, you know. Yeah, yeah. And then he, and I was drunk like this, you know. And he started to push me, and uh, you know. And then we had a fight in the middle <laughs> of the party, big fight. And then he pushed me, and I I uh, hold his arm, and I tried to do him uh, uh, arm lock, you know, like yeah, yeah. arm lock. And he, he he found that I was a judoka, and then we had a big fight. And he came back to me. He said, "Yeah, good fight, brother. Good." And he kissed me. He said, "Good fight, brother. Good fight." <laughs> <laughs> so, I was surprised. See, we just had a fight, man. Like crazy. We fucked everything in the club here. <laughs> he said, "Yeah, but uh, you know, you try unblock me. You know." I said, "I, I appreciate it." <laughs> yeah, I appreciate good, it. Yeah, he said, "Good fight, man." He Danny. checked my hand. He wanted my number. I said, fuck off, I was so drunk. <laughs> Danny, you're a madman, honestly. <laughs> you know, when I was looking at your Instagram, I thought, you can tell through your Instagram you've got good energy. Energy is good. But you've come off a flight one hour ago, you're here, you've got good energy, I'm impressed. Yeah, but brother, you contacted me, you said, I would like to invite you on my show. And I say, okay, you remember I told you, send me a plane ticket. Yeah, yeah I remember, uh, yeah, I remember. So I'm going to check that. But at the same time, I told you, I've come here quite often. Yeah. So if I'm around, I'll come straight to you. You come to London a lot? Yes, I come quite to uh, London a lot. And I have a friend of mine. Sorry, brother, I'm going to check that. And maybe you're going to hear him. A proper geezer. Uh, a proper geezer. A proper Tottenham fan. Oh, really? You know? And this guy, he's a white guy. He's massive, okay? He was massive back in the days. Where is he from? You know, and hey, mate, you are alive in uh, in my show, so don't talk too much shit. <laughs> Where are you, my mate? Ah, uh, yeah. So you have the address, yeah? Yeah, mate. Okay. So how long? Yeah, I'm. I'm. I'm are you finished? Yeah. I'm almost I'm finished. I'll be, I'll be twenty minutes. Okay, like tw twenty minutes, yeah. Yeah. Okay, I'll see you in a bit, uh, my brother. Ciao. Ciao. Where is he from? Alors, this guy... He's from East London, yeah, North London. Yeah, he's from North London, uh, Tottenham. Okay. He's an English guy, white, you know, a Cockney guy, you know, yeah, speaks yeah. Cockney. And uh, he was, uh, I met him in prison. He was for drug uh, cocaine trafficking. Okay. He got arrested in France, you know, snitched by a motherfucker, you know, piece of trash. And he was my cellmate, like such a nice guy, man. Such a nice guy, massive. And he, I, and I installed in my cell a pull-up bar. Pull bar, you know. And I, we used to smoke and have fun. In which prison? What country? Uh, Paris. Oh, he was in prison in Paris yeah, as well, yeah? he was in Paris with me, you know. And he used to tell me, Danny, I will never exchange prison in Paris for prison in England because our conditions are yeah. good conditions. And then I used to sleep, you know, and he wakes me up. He wakes me up at four o'clock in the morning. And with his big face like this, long hair, he say, and the big nose, he said, Danny, I've done 700 pull-ups tonight. <laughs> Proper geezer. Would he come on the show? I don't know if you want to show his face, but he's coming and pick me up later in 20 minutes. I look forward to it. Yeah, nice guy. Man. Is there anything else you want to tell the audience? 
Vandy Indians, first of all, I thank you, uh, Mikey. Listen, I appreciate really Big you. respect to you, man. You look good. You look fit. You know, you look a good person, good, genuine person, I have yeah. to say. You know, a lot of love comes out of you. And as we say in Arabic, he has noor out of his face. Noor, it means light. He has lights out of his face. It's, it's not me, bro. It's the lights. They're just on my face. Nah, it's, it's, it's you, bro. You shine on this, uh, on this stage. I'm thank you. I'm telling you, you for, the, for real, brother. You're genuine. Uh, I'm Danny Hell's Kitchen, the one and only. Danny, okay. put, the, put the mic a little bit in front of you. Yeah, so. I'm Danny Hell's Kitchen, the one and only. You know, a uh, lot of my followers tells me, uh, Danny, you're a star, but I'm not a star. I'm a legend. <laughs> <laughs> because I influenced all those guys that they were showing their food and their cooking and culinary uh, skills in prison. You know, I've done it since 2015. And now I'm uh, starting my own podcast after 24 months being free, you know, and I have a good team behind me. And uh, one of my guests will be Mr. Mikey, you Listen. know, from the Blue Tick. <laughs> I look forward to it. I look forward to it. Danny, pleasure having you on the show. The pleasure is mine, Mikey. And hopefully, I give you my word, if your show is up and running, let me know where I need to be and I'll come as well. Yeah, we'll do that. We'll do that. But you know, the first time we'll do it on Patreon. Yeah, Okay. no problem. And when I will generate some funds and some, uh, you know, uh, sponsors, I will do it in video. Perfect. No okay, problem at all. Done. I'm happy nice with that. Nice one, guys. Thank guys, you Guys, make sure, like, comment and subscribe and go and follow Danny House Kitchen on Instagram as well.